You're listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast with Brian and Andy. quote of the day is, a tree growing on an open level field grows straight and tall toward the sun. That is by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, the authors of Burnout, the book that we're reading for this month. That quote is something that we we kind of alluded to we kind of talked to about two two episodes ago however the reason why i thought that was an excellent quote again is because it brings up the fact that we are all mostly not like that (laughs) we are not as human beings all level growing in an environment that is a level ground. Some people like um, the, well, I would say not the rich and the famous. Um, Some of them started with a very unequal uh, playing field, so to speak, or, you know, their tree was growing on the side of a cliff. As that quote um, goes on to explain. So we we didn't read the entire quote there or the entire uh, sentence there. It ended with that part for a reason. We we chose ended there for a reason. But the rest of that quote talks about how there's all these trees growing on hillsides and on steep mountainsides or even on cliff sides and how all of them are trying to have the same goal of reaching the sun but based on where their environment is, where they are growing up, so to speak, these trees have to sometimes do a lot more work to get the sunlight they need. They have to twist and turn. They have to grow at an angle or their, their roots have to dig into to rocks and, and, you know, all, all these things. And so they maybe don't grow as fast or they're, they're really crooked and bent and maybe always on the edge of a cliff and um, doing everything the tree can to not fall off the cliff while still reaching towards the sun. You know, and that's such a good analogy for the human population. I'm so glad they talked about it in this book. Me too. I think that that's just an excellent one. I think that when you take a look at that, but yet they have the same goal and yet they are still a tree and yet they are still valuable Mm -hmm. no matter where you grow. And I think that that's that piece where you may not understand where they grew, but you can still value them and see them as a treasure and something that is looking for the same goals and 
experiences as you. So we aren't that far apart. We aren't, we are all connected. And I always follow with that as something that uh, I hold very close to my heart when I realize, when I see somebody struggling or somebody that isn't, somebody I don't understand maybe, I can get this sense of compassion and loving them regardless. Well, because you're an empathetic dude. No, you're and a good guy. Altruistic. Altruistic is my new term, I realized. Because that, that way you don't put the empathy because then you just suck in negative stuff because that's kind of a bad thing. I think um, just loving people. I don't know about empathetic, maybe, but loving. Just loving people. I think that's... I remember it was really interesting that there's a lot of uh, spirituality or ancient wisdom that you call you know, this in a spirituality belief that has that same love other people as one of the most important tenets of its religious core values. And I find that to be something that you see throughout, again, throughout all the spiritual beliefs and religious studies and things that I've done is that same, that same belief that love is the, uh, most important thing and loving people unconditionally. So it's that agape love. If you're, if you're into Greek understanding and philosophy, that it's that, mm-hmm. that bigger love that non, you know, that love for humanity. So, Regardless yeah. of whether you know them or not, or, or where they grew. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, you know, and I think something that needs to be pointed out, right. Is, um, there, there's a saying that everyone wants to be loved and to, um, and to love and to be loved, right? I'll throw in a wrench and say uh, it depends on where you're at in your hierarchy of needs, <laughs> right? That's um, true. That's true. So we're, you we're have... talking about trees that are trying to grow to get to the sunlight, right? So we're. So if we're talking about hierarchy of needs, right, that's like the self-actualization. The sun is the self-actualization. We're trying to get up there. A lot of these trees, or, you know, since this is an analogy about humans, a lot of people in this world, and this book is in particularly talking about women, and they specifically um, point out women of color, you know, minority, uh, women from minority groups, Um talking about how because of the environments that they're in and not of their choosing, um, there's all these obstacles in the way, right? And, and what are the hierarchy of needs here, right? Uh, a lot of people, a lot of women aren't at a place where they can uh, relax, where they feel like they can um, do the things that they'd like to do. Because there's too much stuff, right? That's what we're talking about burnout for. They're burned out. And they have all the stuff. They have the human giver syndrome. And then there's the problem of the patriarchy, where it's not that the patriarchy is wanting to suppress all the time, but there's a lot of blindness, as the book talks about. You know, Very true. So, I think that that ignorance is what 
I'm hoping to, that's what we're hoping to uncover in this book, especially as two men reading it, is being able to open and be more aware of the plights of different people, but in this case, very, very much so women, minority women. I think that it's opened my eyes to quite a bit of things that I was not aware that I took for granted as a, as a male. And so it's yeah. just very interesting, very interesting, a white male, even at that. So I'll leave it there, but it is very, uh, it's eye opening to me yeah. and encouraging that I, that there are men like us wanting to discover this and explore this. And so that we can be different and change. And, and that's really the, um, the goal, right, is to have change for the better. And I love how the book um, points out that we're looking at progress and trying to see progress because it's likely, just given how change is and how society is, unfortunately, it is unlikely that there will be, you know, equality in our lifetimes. People that are alive right now that it might not happen right based on how long it's taken for things to change will there be progress absolutely i sure hope so if people um like you listeners and like you andy and you know um forward thinkers of in, in our society as long as there's people like that there will be progress there I will be yeah, there will be people that are wanting to buck the system because they don't, they feel comfortable with where they're at. And I think that comfortable is what makes everybody kind of stay the same course. But I think that people are coming out saying, I'm not comfortable and I'm not going to back down on not yeah. being comfortable in, in this. So that's what I really enjoy about the fact that um, this book is kind of saying I'm not comfortable with the way things are and that we need to find ways to do something different. Now, what I really like is not only do they come up with this is really what it is, right? And in these chapters that we were talking about, that's exactly what they're talking about, right? is this is the way things are, but they also point out this is how we can change it. There's always that part of the chapter where they're like, okay, and then here's how to change it. Right. And, and you know, um, I say this so much in therapy with my clients. Um, the approach matters more than the the actual destination how like if you want change to happen you really have to be more mindful about the approach a very a very awesome quote about that you know is uh i think it's credited to abraham lincoln or someone abraham lincoln because he's known for the acts and doing things right uh but I think he said, um, task me with chopping down a cherry tree. Give me four hours. I'll take three hours to sharpen the ax. Right. So he's like, he's like putting in the effort. He's approaching this tree 
with a sharpened axe rather than just whacking at it. He was very mindful in his approach. And, and we, as, as we go through our lives, whether we're trying to make grand scale changes, right, with policy and helping um, people that are, are struggling or that have less opportunities, you know, or who are impoverished, whatever it is, like your approach is going to matter more. If someone's being a jerk, you tell them, hey, you're a jerk, knock it off, and then you slap them. Is <laughs> I doubt they're going to really treat you well after that. They're not going to change, right? Yeah. I think I had a, a Buddhist nun once tell me, and she's a really close friend of mine, who said, intention is everything. And that kind of goes along with exactly what you're talking about. It's what your intention is. Um, and when you go to sharpen the blade, that means that I intend to chop down that tree, but in a way that is going to be productive and helpful. And it's not going to cause undue stress around it. Yeah. And I think that that's what our approach can be moment by moment. And with patient acceptance, we can accept the things that just are. But, you know, there's a Buddhist monk that Shante Deva that said, if you can do something about it, then do it. So otherwise, yes, things have happened. Patiently accept them as what they are. This is what it is. But if you can change it, then change it. You don't, you're not stuck is basically what he's saying. But if you are stuck patiently accept it you know that's just the way it yeah. is this is the way and so i think that's what this book really is implying is that yes the patriarchy eh, <laughs> i think that's what they say eh, um exists <laughs> but i'm going to tell you about it say what's wrong about it and what we've been doing wrong about it and then i'm also going to give you some ideas for changing it into a different way and i think they do it at the model of personal level so it's not like a mass hypnosis and you know all these women are going to flock to this bigger understanding it's like how can i personally put this into my life so it affects me in a positive way so that yeah. i know that this exists but my personal this ripple effect like what you brought up last week the you know the the rock in the pond that ripple will build and be a positive change going forward what was your favorite thing about the current chapters that you're finding well i know that you, you know, were really excited about these chapters yeah well so i just being being a mental health therapist working with trauma um and a lot of it is the sexual trauma um, whether it be rape or, uh, sometimes like not just, um, with adults, but like children and, you know, uh, there's a lot more women that I see, um, for those types of things. And I, I can't help but think that it, it ties back to this patriarchal stuff, right? So like reading this book, talking about it, like, this is this is important stuff. People's lives are in the balance. You know, if they aren't, um, 
you know, and then and I, I suppose we should say, you know, these are these are adult topics, right? These are sensitive topics. Listeners uh, know that we are cognizant and mindful um, that this some of this might be triggering. Maybe you've experienced uh, some kind of trauma. Um, so please continue to do like your your grounding exercises. Do some deep breathing. You know, connect yourself, center yourself. As we talk about these things, I won't go too far into it. But um, you know, when a when a client comes in and says that um, their partner is raping them um, because they don't want to have sex, but the husband complains that they have not had sex for two days, right? And then kind of pressures her to have sex. Um, and so she acquiesces, right? Um, that is rape. Um, but we live in a society where men are kind of told that uh, they can get what they want. It's starting to change. There's some progress, right? We're, we are trying to open up the eyes. And we're, we're stopping the blindness um, or at least trying to correct it. Um, but like this book talks about that, right? Like um, explicit misogyny, like uh, gaslighting. It talked a lot about the gaslighting, which is crucial. And, and I think we maybe mentioned that a little bit last time. But um, how important, right, that, that uh, we are addressing this. Men are a big part of the problem, so they have to be a part of the solution. They have to. Again, that's the whole that's the whole take that we have to be part of it because we're the ones that help create it. I think that that's the only way that it gets better. I think and it's interesting. Um, I, I've raised daughters and I've raised sons. And definitely the approach that I've done is very different than what my parents did because I'm more aware, have more mindfulness about it. Um, and I don't like push a lot of the things that my dad did. So, because I know that there's a better way, especially after raising two daughters to want them to be independent, empowered women that you spend, but you also know that with your son, you want to have them have respect and for women and help empower them as well. And more of it's empowering him to do that for, to do things for others. So I thought that was, that's something very important. And I think that it's stuff that we can do every day to help reduce this culture. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll put it blankly, I've heard it as rape culture, that we think it's okay to take advantage of women. And that's the reason why the Me Too movement really has hit so hard is because women are tired of this happening and the old school, the old ways of doing things, the, the old men's club um, saying that this was just acceptable. And yeah. there are certain, and I think the fact that so many men were called out on this now you can, we try not to get very political, but I do, it is part of what our culture has done recently. So talking about it is also important to be able to 
discuss it and be able to make sense of it, and especially when it pertains to a book that we're talking about, which is bringing it up, that this has happened. The Me Too movement happened and is trying to change the way that we see this type of thing so that it doesn't keep continuing so that you know women don't have to go into a therapist's office and saying this happened to me i don't know how to make it stop I, yeah and you know focusing on the solutions is really the way to go um obviously on the on the personal level um seeing a therapist for sure is is a very good idea you know for sure um, I like that this book mentioned to do a thing. Very, very not specific, isn't it? <laughs> do a thing. But well, doing what do you mean? a thing means doing <laughs> something that's not the thing, just sitting and accepting. And doing a thing can be a lot of different things for different people. And I think that that's the one thing is everybody is different in how they express their emotions and making way for that especially when sometimes doing a thing means something maybe small mm -hmm. or something really big it can be either one and when you're not used to doing really big things and do little small things when you're yeah. at the point to where you can make huge changes for yourself then that's the thing you know but maybe sometimes you're just not ready for it and so doing small things to build up that confidence of change and mindset differences, then that's when you can start going, oh, I've had confidence. I can, I've built, I've done this, this, and this. Look at what I now can do. I bet I could do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what about for you, Andy? What, what, are, what are you liking about the book? I know you are further in, ahead than me. No, but I still like this book. I, I really like analogies. So I thought that the, you know, definitely being a part of the analogies where you're talking about differences in people. I like the fact that this is um, shedding light on diversity in a positive way, saying it's okay to be who you are and accepting you as you are. I think women need to feel that and know that about themselves that they are perfectly okay as they are with the emotions they have with the way that they are it's okay there are it's things that we can always change burned out it's not wrong right. to feel upset it's not wrong to feel angry or sad or mad disappointed frustrated well we get told women get told very early on that there are just things that you're supposed to suck up as a mother, as a wife, as a friend. And it. it is what it is. Right. <laughs> and, and the is what it is, is like, okay, yes, acceptance of the way things are, but you don't have to not do anything about it. Again, it goes I back call that down to... If you accept it and just say, well, my life's going to be awful, and then that's that. Dude. I mean, that's learned helplessness. And the book talks Absolutely. a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, but right. We don't want learned helplessness. We want to do a thing. We want to get out there. And oftentimes it can be hard though, right? Like I'm, I'm speaking as a white male as well. 
I haven't lived as a as a as a female or a a, a, my, a female from a minority group. So, to me, I look at it and I think I oversimplify. I don't think it is that simple. Um, however, you know, there's there needs to be sometimes a more simple process, right? The approach. If it's a difficult approach, we're less likely to do it. That's why they made switchbacks on hikes so that you're not just going straight up a mountain. They make it easier. You're still going up a mountain, but you've got to find a way to make it simpler. Anyway. I, I agree with you. I think that um, you can oversimplify, but the approach itself can be simplified. Um, and there is always progress over perfection. Always remember that moving forward is better than staying. And some progress is over. Well, if I just got the, you know, a lot of people say they would stay in situation. I, I stay in this situation because I'm waiting for the right thing to happen. You know, I win the lottery or I don't have the money right now. Whatever it is that is enabling you to stay in a bad situation, um, that's where these little small steps of, finding little things to have accomplished so that you can find your way out, find that positive mindset, create habitual things that are positive and successful for you. And then eventually you'll be able to find your way out. Small move, small little, you know, it's like the, the turtle and the rabbits, little small incremental changes make a huge difference. And they actually, to me, those are, the ones that will be more successful because of the fact that they're built along the way. If somebody just races ahead, uh, they didn't have all of the journey to help support them so that the base thing that is who you are cannot support the thing that's way up ahead yet. But if you do increment, small incremental changes, I think that helps support the base kind of like, uh, you know, going up a switchback, you know, you make small incremental steps up and around. And then at the point that you're, you look down, you're like, wow, these small steps helped me, but they also were secure steps. So I'm not just, you know, I remember when I was a kid trying to climb up, uh, rock Hills <laughs> in Arizona, if you tried to it's run up faster, it as fast right? as you can. Yeah. If you tried to run up as fast as you could, you would get to a point to where you'd be too, you'd um, be on too steep of a section with too much crumbling rock and you would just fall back and actually hurt yourself. Where mm -hmm. if you took smaller distinct steps up those, you'd slip a little bit, but you weren't going to really hurt yourself and scrape yourself up because you were making, making sure that where you were stepping was safer and I think that those small incremental steps are much more healthy and much more helpful in the end. Low and steady wins the race, right? Absolutely. And I think that's what we're talking about in this book is that uh, they give you, she, she's bringing up that it's okay, that this is, this is the systemic way that things have been. And here is some things to help direct it now i'm not sure and this is something we brought up the whole we did bring up a very sensitive subject on women ab abuse of any type happening to women mm -hmm. and not accepting it 
And this is where I'm going to lean back onto your therapeutic sure. piece of understanding and wisdom to help women kind of understand what they maybe could do to help any women that is, that is, it could be any type of abusive situation, but what do you suggest? I, we've talked about therapy, but what else do you think that even based on this book that helps support something that women could do to help get out of abusive situations? And it could be toxic relationships with friends. It could be a whole lot of different type of abusive situations that you've been gaslighted on because gaslighting exists all over in all sorts of relationships where somebody feels like they can put you down to get what they want. You know, that is, that is actually a really difficult question to answer because if you think about it, that um, people go to therapy for these types of things for years to figure it out because mm-hmm. um, it's not simple. It's it's um, definitely a, a lot of gray area, right? A woman in or, or any person in, in a toxic relationship um, have a lot of factors that keep them in it. People look around and go, why don't you just leave? Why don't you, you know, just cut them off? And it's like, well, it's not that simple. That's why it's toxic. (laughs) If it was simple, they would. But, you know, there's, there's, uh, in the most extreme cases, if they try to leave, they'll be killed. Straight up, that happens. We we know that the most... um, unsafe time for a for a, a woman or, or a person in a domestic violence type of relationship or, or you know that i'm going to stick with the domestic violence is when they are leaving that is the most unsafe even if there's years of abuse of them being threatened with violence them being actually uh hit or or you know emotionally damaged for years and years gaslighted for years and years the scariest and most difficult part and the highest risk is getting out and i don't say that to scare you uh if if you're a listener that's in that type of a situation i just say that that's um something to be aware of right and that's one of the reasons why it's kind of scary though so what do you do right that was your question um, who are your supports? A lot of the times you lose support. People don't understand why you're with a person. And so they kind of cut you off or you cut them off because you're like defending your partner or your, your person. Um, but you need support. Find support. Find a way to reach out to, to a friend or family or um, a person at the local coffee shop whatever uh you if you're in a if you're in a situation that you aren't safe um there are shelters and there are very specific agencies out there that exist to help in these situations um and it takes a lot of bravery and a lot of courage and and you can do it uh for those that aren't in those types of situations but are just like ah this is just not healthy the person's a jerk. They're not hitting me. They're not, you know, threatening me or anything like that. It's not the worst, but like they are 
sometimes emotionally degrading or ignore my needs. Um, I would say find an approach that does work for you to talk to them about it. I statements are great if you need to invite them to go to couples counseling with you. You don't have to be married or anything like that, right? Uh, couples counseling is for anyone in a relationship, period. Okay. Uh, and maybe start to identify some of your own thinking patterns, right? What are some of the lies that you're believing that have been told to you? Can you identify them as lies? Yes, you might believe them. They might feel real. You've been told them over and over again, so you believe them. That's learned helplessness. Okay, it is not your fault. That's where gaslighting kind of comes in, right? No, 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 it's okay. Gaslighting is in that same space where that's that degrading over time to make you think that... Uh, things are a different way than what they are. Like in the in the movie Gaslighting, which is where this came from, the husband slowly just sh- turns off the gas to where it dims, to where she thinks that uh, that the lights are the normal, but they're not because he slowly dimmed the lights of the the gas lights. So, how do so you're suggesting in those situations um, finding support? finding even groups there group therapy on the internet i know people that go to uh, codependency anonymous and things like that support groups so there is a group for mostly everybody on the internet um what else is what else do you where are you thinking about for people that are like changing their habit of mind which is so important um so Cognitive behavioral therapy is one of the go-tos. It's one of the, I mean, it's like the therapy after Freudian type stuff. Um, I would say paying attention to the thinking patterns, right? Thoughts lead to emotions and emotions lead to actions. Okay. And so if you can identify the negative thinking and it's, and it's not so easy as well just think positive no no this takes work this takes time it takes effort you'll you'll find some thoughts quickly and easily those are the surface level you need to go a little bit deeper spend time thinking about it what are the thoughts right what is it that you're actually saying to yourself without realizing it that is tearing you down you know um because we are our own worst enemies in so many ways so pay attention to your thoughts notice them and there's thinking errors you know you can google those um or even better go get a therapist and talk to them about it and start to learn to identify them learn the patterns of thinking habits i mean we have habits that we engage in whether it be biting your nails or um you know moving your necks or whatever it is um thinking habits are very real we can get in a rut with our thinking if we are told something over and over again or if we think something over and over again it can be the go-to so i would say start there 
increase your awareness of your thoughts to get rid of that blindness. I love that. Again, and, that's, and I'll go at from a little spiritual point of view. Um, that's where a lot of the Buddhist philosophy goes to is changing habit of mind to see things in a different light through meditation. And that's why I'm always very outside of doing therapeutic things, which I for sure think that anybody going through abuse or realizing that they're in a toxic situation that they don't know how to get out of um, is a forefront must do kind of thing. I think additionally finding spirituality, a spiritual path for yourself, a path, a journey that is going to uplift you, give you core value and be able to change your habit of mind so that you see things in a different way. And for me, it was been, it's been through meditation, um, which has been extremely powerful because I'm able to, again, center myself. And additionally, when I do center myself, I do have these thoughts of, in my meditations, I'm pushing and practicing compassion and love for others. Um, seeing things, seeing people as what they are. And so within that practice, I'm able to really focus for that 15 minutes to an hour of just how to change my habit of mind, the way that I think about things. So that's just one way that I found that really has impacted. And also the core values also are, are helping with that Maslow hierarchy of needs is giving you a base for being able to push on to give you reason and whys for pushing on yeah finding meaning right right meaning in the meaning in the pain sometimes there is meaning in the pain and the suffering and finding that and definitely i definitely believe that you should not accept it but understanding it and why you've had to go through it um is always good and what has led you to that because sometimes we don't believe that we're how we enabled our enabled the situation to happen and sometimes you know bad things happen to people but i definitely think that sometimes we can learn why we put ourselves into toxic situations over and over again or, and we or avoid the red so. flags i would say um at the same time because i think we do need to take accountability and at the same time, I don't want us to blame ourselves too much, right? Like right. We're, we're, we are accountable for our actions. Yes. Sure. But we are not in a vacuum. There are people doing things. And that is, that is a big point of burnout, right? Is that like, Hey, um, there's this thing called the patriarchy. There's this thing, you know, right. <laughs> called systemic racism or, you know, sexism, whatever you, you know, the ism inserted there. Mm -hmm. um there's systemic where there are people consciously or even sometimes unconsciously right without knowing it they are creating obstacles in your path right in our path and and we do need to take it as a personal look right because there are some things outside of our control we can only control the things we can control you know so yes take responsibility what is it that you are doing that you can change that's my I point. Don't with that. think it's all your fault. Right. That's the big thing there is, is that it's not a vacuum. It does. These things are there and they are real. 
it's one i think that a lot of times for me specifically i took it personally upon myself as though i did something i know a lot of people are like that that they take i did something wrong however i think you can take responsibility without taking all of the blame and knowing that there are pieces there there's a million and one things that lead to the way to outcomes and you can't know all of them because it'd be un, it's unknowable but you know there are some large factors that might lead you to more successful habits of minds to be able to change things and focus on For those sure. focus on those because those are the things, those are probably the best agents for your change. Because, you know, again, there's a million and one things, but the fact that there are focus on the things you can change. And that's mindset, uh, maybe where you're at physically and things like that. Mm -hmm. And always look to, Amen. again, the support system that will be able to support you in your new lifestyle. Because don't just say, hey, I'm going to be, but support you in your new lifestyle, think, I think is another option or another thought process. You know, it's, I remember being on a diet one or going to a diet class and they said, eat like the person you want to be or dress for the part of the place that you want to be. A lot of times I've heard that. So, you know, do this, find the support for the place that you want to be. It's um, as well. Another term I've heard is just do the thing, right? Uh -huh. The minute you absolutely. do it, you are it. Yeah, absolutely. You eat healthy right now. You are healthy right now. Is that I not true? Yeah, I think that you're <laughs> yeah. eating healthy right now. And I think those, those are the things you can control. And moving forward, keep supporting yourself in that healthy lifestyle, whatever it is, physically, emotionally, mentally, you know, spiritually, just yeah. keep supporting your growth in those areas by doing things, by doing things that will support that. And I think that's exactly what they're saying in the book. Do things that will support you in the things that will help your mind change. I feel like that's a that's a stellar point to kind of wrap things up with. I agree you know? with you. I think it's that New time. Things. Change is possible, right? Very positive. You don't have I mean, to be burned out all the time, right? Well, that's the whole thing. Is this this is one of those books? It's an awakening book. Here's the things that are the way they are. So explain it, but then here's some things to help change it so that you're not stuck in the rut. So that it's, you know, what Ram Dass calls grist for the mill. I need to put this effort in so that I can become successful. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. Good, good choice. I, I just love our discussions, Brian. It's just been a great time to be able to, you know, uh, find these, especially with everything going on around us, all the, the crazy, crazy things that are going on. The world is always open and always doing crazy things so i'm so glad that we have the opportunity to discuss these things and and hopefully helping out any viewers um again we are at what is our email address uh, we are yeah so please email us we are gurus podcast one at gmail.com 
Um, we also have uh, Instagram that uh, you can follow. That's just uh, Guru's Podcast. Or is there a period in there? Oh, it's, I think I mess that up every time. Gurus.podcast, Gurus Podcast. Let me look really quick. Sorry, listeners. You think I would know this? <laughs> My goodness. So, Do you know what? This is a very interesting it is thought. Gurus.podcast. Yes, good. <laughs> I'm the one who, sh- I'm the one who made it, so I should know. <laughs> Oh my! Um, well, we are focused on other important things. We have we so are much going on. We are. You know what? We. This is how. This is. I'm going to tell you this. We had six views. We are up by one. <laughs> <laughs> six views. All right. Nice. We had six views on our last episode, which is or six listens. I guess. I guess it's six plays, because uh, it's not okay. uh, YouTube, but. Uh, you know what? One at a time. I think that we're going to make some positive Draft changes. Truth, and I, baby. I already have people asking me what our next book is going to be. So uh, we need to come oh, up with yeah. that, and we'll post that this next week. We'll talk about because we're coming to the end of the month rapidly. Yeah. So we'll we'll tell you guys what the next book is, so you can purchase it. Uh, that's the reason why I actually was reached out to by my friend um, who said, Hey, what's the next book? So I can order it. <laughs> I said, I'll let you know. <laughs> so we'll be discussing yeah. that next time so that you can yeah. order it. We and uh, you, um, in the last one of the earlier podcasts, but yeah, yes. we'll, we'll get that figured out and let you know. Yep. And we will talk to you all soon. Any last words, Brian? I'll let you leave it out. Um, thank you, and have a very productive rest of your week with self-care. <laughs>